Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. So welcome to this week's From the Pavilion podcast. Thank you very much for downloading as ever. The first one of the season. Great to be back. Great to be talking local cricket. My guest co-host this evening, Alex Hooley, is is still with me to preview the podcast. Thanks for coming on the, the show this evening. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks, Ollie. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Um, hope everything's uh, good your end. Yeah, yeah, all, all good, thank you, mate. Yeah, how's the how's the season been for you so far? Obviously, for Fox, and it's gone gone pretty well as we discussed in in the show. But just just happy to be back playing cricket, really, because obviously we had the the long time without it last season. But I guess the winter always feels really long, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I think if you speak to anyone, uh, this winter's felt particularly long. Um, what with COVID lockdowns and sort of zero pre-season for everyone um, and, and and generally kind of not being able to be around like, you know, your club and, you know, your mates within the team that you would do normally. Um, so, yeah, we, we've all been absolutely buzzing to get to get back playing again. Um, and, um, and and yeah, you know, we, we, we started well. So, um, so can't complain at all. Yeah, I weirdly felt less prepared this time around than I did last year because last year starting in as i think i said in the show starting in july time having that long period beforehand i think i'm not sure when the ecb actually allowed you to to go into the nets but whenever they did i've sort of maximized that as much as i can and felt really fit and really prepared as as prepared as i've ever felt for for a season this year yeah. not sort of knowing being in between stage not really knowing when you could net perhaps and and when the season was starting i just didn't feel as prepared running into bowl on the the first game of the season yeah, um, and 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 I think that goes for pretty much every club cricketer, to be honest. Um, and 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 like kind of share your 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 thoughts there. I mean, what I would say is, you know, I do think occasionally people sort of overnet during the winter. Um, you know, it's 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 just so different playing like in an indoor um, school as it as it as against kind of that first ball that you face in April. Um, you know, on a, on a on a sticky green wicket, um, you know, somewhere where it's rained for sort of fifteen days straight, um, or as a bowler kind of running up, you know, in your spikes, where you know it's not ten yards, and you often see bowlers bowling off eighteen yards indoors because they can. Um, so, um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting one. Obviously, you want to be you want to be prepared, but I do think that there's an element of you actually, if you net throughout the whole winter, you get to that first game and there is an element of it's so different what you face outside that it's not always positive. Yeah, and I think you make a great point as well about the actually netting on wickets because obviously down at, down at our level for, for Bluncham, I played to the junior level and um, yeah, you just don't get that opportunity to go out on the wicket and practice much because generally, as I said, the you don't have that many pitches to play on and if so they're being kept for for the number of games you have midweek juniors and both senior sides and I, I did I thought last year again that period before the season started I actually just rang the the chairman and said look can we use one of the nets there's only six games on it this year uh, use one of the pitches sorry there's only mm. six games on it this year and I thought to myself when I was sort of running up how often really have I actually had a chance to practice on a proper cricket wicket and the answer was not very often and yeah. uh, and then likewise, how many times have I actually batted on a cricket wicket in my life compared to in the nets is so minimal. And I, I guess that must be the case for so many other people as well. Um, we could talk about the cricket season all, all, all evening, I guess. 
we probably should get onto the podcast and people are probably bored <laughs> of us nattering on. But the cricket season starting means the football season finishes and we can't go without mentioning Cambridge United. You're a big used fan, Alex. Were you uh, watching the, the game on, on Saturday? I presume that's a stupid question. Uh, yeah, I certainly was. Uh, put, put it this way, when I when I saw the forecast for last week and there was a big blob of rain on Saturday morning around March, um, I was kind of um, playing the biggest rain card that I think I've ever played in my life, um, in 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 the hope that we got the we got the call. I remember waking up ridiculously early on Saturday morning, sort of hanging by my phone, kind of waiting for the inevitable. And um, yeah, I think it was about quarter to eight that the game got called off. Um, which 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 was great. So you were quite um, happy actually. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, um, yeah. It was it was uh, it was it, it was a week to miss cricket anyway. But yeah, change of plan, and it was really great actually because I was able to uh, see a few uh, school friends who I used to go to games with all the time, kind of back in the the dark days of the conference. Um, and uh, you know, we watched the game. Um, and uh, it, was, it was just amazing. It, it, it really was. I mean, you know, I've watched pretty much all the games on iFollow this year. Um, and, um, you, you know, I, obviously everyone kind of from the local area sees Cambridge United going to, into League One and thinks it's an amazing achievement. But it's it's more than just an amazing achievement when you look at the resources that are available at that club. And, you know, what an amazing job the manager's done. Like, it really is unbelievable. That team should have finished low mid-table, fighting off relegation, not yeah. not coming second in the league. So It is it's crazy, isn't it? It's been such a brilliant season for, for those huge fans watching on Saturday, for those at the ground, for those watching on iFollow, and those who have done all season. Just brilliant for them, really, when you think of the tough year that, that's been and, and the fact the club have not only been able to provide routine Saturday to Saturday, but an entertaining routine as well, watching some cracking football and, and loads of goals. Hopefully, the cricket season will be able to provide that. Hopefully, from the pavilion can provide that every Tuesday. Well, in fact, hopefully, we're not in lockdown anymore and uh, we're out there playing cricket and doing the things we, we love to do so. So, I think that pretty much allows us to, to introduce tonight's show. Alex, once again, thanks very much for joining me as co-host and uh, hopefully the listeners will enjoy this week's episode. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello, good evening and welcome to From the Pavilion, the first one of the season, the local cricket show where we round up all your latest local cricket news from around the scene here in Cambridgeshire. Well, on today's show, we'll be recapping the East Anglian Premier League's opening fixtures. I think they're three games in before the washout on the weekend. We'll also be chatting about the Camden Hunts Premier League with Foxton captain Alex Hooley and Histon's Ed Hyde. Both teams are two from two so far. Also this Friday, it's the varsity matches T20 and Cambridge University men and women are in action. We'll be looking ahead to both of those games with the captains. And County Cricket Matters editor Annie Chave joins us later on to review the opening matches in this year's county championship. And as ever, we always close the show on From the Pavilion with a big debate, a big talking point. And this week, Alex will be asking the question to us. Find out later in the show what it is. So thanks very much for tuning in. If you want to get in touch, you can do 07919 070490. That's the number to text. You can email us, studio at cambridge105.co.uk. We're on social media too, at ftpcricket105 for the show. Or for more general sport, at 105sport. 
if you're listening on the podcast thanks very much for tuning in so let's crack on with today's show then and let's start before we round up the EPL by introducing my co-host who's always with me on the show but not quite this evening Mr Callum Guest who said he's got training this evening so hopefully technology bearing he is on the line for us now Callum are you there? Good evening, how are we? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. How's the season going so far, then? Looking at statistics, not going too bad for you? No, it's been all right. It's been a really good start. Obviously, it was a long old winter, so uh, it's good good to get back out on time. And uh, we had a good good few warm-up games as well, so, yeah, it's really good. Did it feel like a long winter? Because, for me, last having last season, what, started in July, didn't we, because of COVID, we had so long to net beforehand. I've, I never felt more prepared for a cricket season. What about this year for you? Well, yeah, it was exactly the same. And I mean, it felt even longer as we playing in about minus two on the first couple of pre-season <laughs> games as well. Um, mixed in with a little bit of drizzle as well. Yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable, but I think everyone was just really happy to get together again and get back playing, really. Now, the lovely little press release dropped into my inbox this evening, or this afternoon, not that it was a, any great shock, that Callum Guest has been confirmed as Cambridgeshire's white ball captain for the National Counties 2021 season, which starts on Sunday, May 30th, with a trip to Bishop Stortford to face Hertfordshire, followed by a home game against Suffolk at Exning the very next day. you also got a couple of friendlies. Uh, you've played a few friendlies. You've also got one on Sunday, this coming Sunday, against Norfolk for 50 over, over friendly. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's no surprise, Callum, but uh, obviously always pleased to, to get the nod for the next season. Yeah, no, no surprise, but... Um... Yeah, happy to get the nod. Uh, friendlies have gone not to plan in terms of results, but really give people an opportunity. And uh, we've given a lot of people opportunity over the last 18 months or a couple of seasons. So, you know, hopefully getting a squad together for the competitive fixtures coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the, the well, the, I'm trying to sort of gloss it over, but it hasn't really gone to plan. So far, has the, the, the friendlies played for lost for but I guess like like you said trying to give youngsters a chance and, and in many ways having not played much cricket last year still sort of in that transitional phase coming out of James Williams era of, of captaincy which he was in, in in the shirt for a long time and trying to build a side from that oh, Exactly that yeah I mean results wise obviously we'd have liked to go on a bit better in the friendly so far but you know a couple of them fixtures have been very close I mean one of the 2020s we lost with 21 needed off the final seven balls of the match so you're expecting to kind of win that game, but that didn't really didn't quite get over the line. But I always look at that as a bit of a learning curve for lads going into the future games. That actually, you know, we've been there, we've lost on an occasion, so next time, you know, we can put it right. So, yeah, no, like I said, it's fantastic to get more players, you know, in and around the mix and just really trying to create a core squad of players that are going to be available week in, week out and as much as possible for Cambridgeshire. Let's uh, move on to the Sangley Premier League then. Of course, you play your club cricket for Sourson and Babraham, who are going very well at the minute. Second in the division, having played for 1-3, all the fixtures from the weekend across Cambridgeshire and, and the East Anglian Premier League were, were washed out pretty much due to well, just the horrendous weather. So the East Anglian Premier League, the top division for this region's cricket, involving a number of sides, four sides locally that we cover, Sourson and Babraham, Cambridge, Saffron Walden and Berlin Exing, a number of sides from Norfolk, Suffolk in there as well. So Sourson and Babraham second, Great Witchingham 
uh, lead the way with 82 points. So both sides on 82 points. So really, it's it's joint first. I can only really see Great Witchingham on top because, well, <laughs> their name starts with a G as opposed to an S. Um, but Callum, it's, it's gone really well so far. I've played three matches and, and won three. Yeah, we've kind of just built on last season. Obviously, there was a few areas, although we did get to the final against Swordston, we obviously lost that to a very good side. Um, there was a, definitely a few areas that we felt we could improve on as a squad. Um, going away, really highlighting those. And, you know, it's really good that then pre-season fixtures really did help us get a foot in the door. And since then, everyone's kind of chipped in and scored a lot of runs. And also the bowlers have done well as well. Um, one thing I have noticed from the whole lockdown period, you did ask me if there's anything different. There's been a lot of bowlers that have gone down injured at the start of the season. Um, whether it be for club or Cambridgeshire, there's a lot more injuries that are around. So I suppose that's one thing, maybe the layoff and the, you know, the no winter nets has, hasn't probably helped, but I think people are just starting to get into their stride um, now, especially the bowlers. So yeah, good. Looking forward to the, you know, the remaining fixtures. Yeah, you can add myself to that category. I'd love to say it was from steaming in and, and absolutely working my socks off, but it wasn't. It was just diving for a ball on a pretty firm outfield in the first game of the season. <laughs> Uh, what's the aim for the season though Callum because you mentioned last year getting to the the cup final it was the cup competition that was put in place instead of the league season due to Covid lost to Swarson eventually he pretty much win everything when it comes to the East Anglian Premier League but what is the aim for, for Swarson and Abraham this year I think our aim is just to win as many games as we possibly can and hopefully that gets us in and around the mix um, I think top three would be a fantastic achievement so if we can get in and around that mix of you know, we looked at Swords doing great, which we've got a really good team together. Sudbury, we thought we were going to be there or thereabouts, and then there's a couple of others as well. So to put in that mix at the moment. So if we can get around that, I think we'd look at ourselves and say we've had a really good season, and then hopefully, like we say, just keep building the future. I mean, I think it's easy to forget that it's only a lot of people's second time or second season actually playing in, playing at that level. So. You know, it's been a really good step up, and the lads have adapted really well from even from last season to this season. I think the highlighted issue was obviously the runs that we scored. We wanted to get more runs, and you know, in the first three fixtures, we've really posted competitive totals or chased down totals quite convincingly. So that's been really positive from you know the leadership point of view, um, from Heathy and myself. Just yeah, just really happy with the, how that's gone, as well as the new signings that have come in have done really well as well. Yeah, Horsford away this Saturday. Let's move on and, and chat about our other clubs that we cover. As I mentioned, Burnley-Lexing, Cambridge and Saffron-Walden. Let's start with Burnley-Lexing. Every game was washed out on the weekend, but they did secure their first one of the season two weeks ago against Frinton-on-Sea. The same can't be said for, for Cambridge, unfortunately, who have lost three from three games played so far. And Johnny Atkinson believes the players have been putting in the hard yards to put that right off the field. Obviously not the ideal start. I mean, just not enough batsmen are performing, not, not enough people are scoring runs, unfortunately. Like everyone in the batting in the top six has got the ability to score big runs, 50s, 100s in the Premier League, but just not enough people in Nick at the moment. So like the bowlers are actually doing quite a good job. We're just getting out in silly ways. So we've like we've been netting a couple of times a week since. Um, a few of us had a good net last night on centre on the centre wicket. So that was worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to what we can do. Just hopefully things will slightly change and luck will come in our way. And so how do you go about rectifying something like that? Is it technical? Is it is it mental? Because it's a lot easier working out what's wrong than actually then trying to put it right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, 
I think it's a bit of both. I think we talk, we've talked a lot about the mental side of the game. And I think like using someone like Dougie, for example, he knows that he just needs to hit more balls. Like it's not quite um, going for him. And it, so he came to net last night and felt much better after that, after hitting 100 balls. So it was, that was worthwhile for him. We talk a lot about the mental side of the game, about being positive and, and taking each ball as it comes and not really worrying, taking out everything else from the game, the field, the chat you might get, the last ball you played and just focusing on that ball and, and concentrating. So it's a mixture of both. We, we've talked about it and like you're only sort of one, one score away or one bit of time in the middle away from like a big score. So I'm under no uh, doubt that like, we're not going to get relegated. We're, like, we're still fighting to finish like near the top of the table. We just need our luck to change slightly. We've got, we'll have a couple more players coming in towards the end of the May, which will add quite a lot to our team. So yeah, I like. Obviously, it's not ideal. We'd like to have won one, one or two or three of them, but it's a long old season. Callum, fancy them to to pick up pretty soon. Yeah, I think they've got enough quality there to beat anyone on their day. I think they've shown that over. You know, a number of years. They've got a squad there of a similar age, and like Johnny said, I think it's just a it's a confidence thing, isn't it? Really, sometimes sometimes you can get into a bit of a. I mean, I know that more than anyone at, at the moment, the Cambridgeshire side, you've got enough quality there to win games, but it's actually sometimes just getting over the line. Um, and when you're up, when you're at the top top end of the uh, of the ladder, it's it's just difficult sometimes. There's, there's fine margins between winning and losing. So, I think they've definitely got enough quality to get some results. And uh, yeah, like Johnny said, I think. They've got more than enough to get you know, up the table into the top half. Well, Saffron Alden were one of those three sides to defeat Cambridge so far, but it remains their only win of the campaign to date. Let's hear from their captain, Ben Harris. I think actually pretty happy with the way we've started. I think the fight this year, the lads have shown, I think I, I spoke to you back in the last season saying that we've got a young side and see how they develop through the winter. And There's been a noticeable change in their ability and mentally um, towards the game. And as we know, cricket can be a difficult game and it ebbs and flows. And in the first three games, we've seen that kind of ebb and flow of cricket and they've stuck to it rather than kind of throwing in the towel when, you know, a side are whacking you about a bit or, you know, you're under pressure. So, no, the Mildenhall game was, I think we were a bit naive in terms of um, seeing the game out. We were in a good position and we had kind of a little collapse and that, that cost us the game that day. But... To bounce back and win at Cambridge for the second game was obviously a good win. They're a very good side. They had good players. Obviously, people like Michael Pepper and Johnny Axton been doing it for years. And then last weekend, yeah, well, two weeks ago, Witching, close game. And on another day, we'd have won. So it's been an encouraging start. And, you know, could quite easily have been two, two out of three or three out of three. Yeah, the loss against Great Witchingham was just by the, the one wicket with 10 balls to spare. But some bad news, Ben. Your overseas player for the... 2021 season has had to be recalled back home. Tell us about him. Yeah, so we were fortunate to welcome Zubair Hamza into into the squad. He represented South Africa in, in I think it's six or six or eight test matches already for a guy who's only 25. That's a pretty pretty special accolade. And unfortunately, the fact that he's got that much ability, he's he's been recalled to um, a South Africa A tour, which commences uh, I think the 18th or 20th of May. So, I mean, the timing is not great, but he'll be able to play Saturday at home as well. So we should have a good crowd, hopefully, a good few people down. And then uh, he's away for six weeks, but thankfully he's coming back, um, which is great news. Um, and it's not it's not all bad news because he was going to miss three games at the end of the year. Um, but because he's missing six here, he's allowed to stay for those three. So theoretically, he's only missing three extra games than he would have 
frustrating, but looking forward to seeing him, him on Saturday. And he looks good in the net so, and on the golf course. So <laughs> looking forward to seeing how he goes. I'm sure a number are looking forward to seeing how he goes if he's a South African international. That's uh, a some signing, Callum, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a top-of-the-range signing for sure. Um, I think Bo were in a similar situation with their overseas as well. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate for them, but like they said, I think they're both coming back. So, you know, it's really good for the league that we're attracting players of that quality. Um, it makes it... Well, we were meant to play against Hamza this weekend, so I think the boys were absolutely buzzing, you know, to get the opportunity to actually bowl at a test match player. A lot of the seniors were looking forward to it. And, yeah, oh, come on. You, you were delighted when the game was rained off, surely, up against African International. <laughs> oh, come on. It's, it's, it's got to take more than when I'm on my own team. So, uh, <laughs> no, we were... Uh, rain off's a rain off, but no, we were, they were definitely looking forward to it. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him in the reverse fixture. Yeah, well, the fixtures for this weekend, Sauce and Abraham away to Horsford, Cambridge travel to Bury St Edmunds, and Saff and Walden host Burnley in a local derby. Callum, thank you very much. Enjoy training. Cheers, Ollie. Thanks, mate. Callum Guest, usual co-host here on From the Pavilion, Sauce and Abraham all-rounder, and newly announced once again as the white ball captain of Cambridgeshire for this season. Right, let's round up the EPL by talking about the Women's League, which got underway on Sunday as Easton defeated Mildenhall by 34 runs. The only Cambridgeshire side in the league of seven is Triplo and skipper Lara Neild. Can't wait to get going. Very excited. It's very exciting given last season was obviously very COVID affected and didn't go ahead. It's been a long build up to this season, so we're all very, very keen to get started. And were your first match not until July? Does that give the, yourselves a, a lot of time, I guess, to try and get into form? Definitely. I think from the girls who've played a bit recently, there's definitely an area for improvement before the first game. Um, without having training over the winter, it's been a very interesting start to the season for a lot of girls at the moment. So the fact that our fixtures are so late for East Anglian Prem is great because we're going to get lots of time to practice beforehand and get, as you say, into form for the season. Now, you were playing for Cambridgeshire Women on the, the weekend and you managed to get a couple of T20 victories over Norfolk. Uh, you must be really pleased with, with how things are going for Cambridgeshire as well. Yeah, very pleased. We've done very well so far to start of the season. We've only lost a couple of games and even then they've been very close. So, yeah, we've got a very, very strong side this season, actually. So we look to hopefully push up the top of the table by the end of the season. We've got both T20 and 45 over competitions, so it's... A lot of cricket for all the girls, but it's great to see, particularly the young talent coming through. Actually, there's a lot of young talent in the county setup at the moment, so it's great to see them getting the opportunities and getting runs and wickets. And with the the change in structure at the top of the game, with regards to the the eight regions and the the sunrises, of course, is what represents London in the east. Does that change anything for you guys, the players at, at this level, really? Or is it just all about still trying to perform at your best and and whatever comes off the back of that? Then great. Yeah, I think it's a lot of motivation for a lot of girls, actually. Um, recently, we've had both the academy and the full Sunrisers coaches down to watch a couple of the games, which has been really great because in the past couple of years, we've not had anything like that. So having that set up in place now is particularly for the younger girls, a great incentive to try and go out and score a few more runs and put that extra yard in to dive for the ball or something. So it's great to see that, actually. There's somewhere to go with it for all these girls and they get the opportunity if they're good enough. In regards to Cam's, you've got another doubleheader this weekend against Hunt, a bit of a, a local derby. Yeah, a very local derby. We'll see how that goes. I think it's it always makes everyone play a little bit harder when it's a local derby and there's something slightly more important over it. Um, yeah, it'll be great to get a run around against them and 
hopefully get two wins on the board. We'll see. We've got a decent side out again this weekend, I think. So it should be good. I hope it's competitive at least. So, but it should be good. Lara Neal, captain of Tripler, there also plays for Cambridgeshire. Up next after the break, we'll be joined by Alex Hooley of Foxen and Ed Hyde of Histon. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, welcome back to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio, your local cricket show dedicated to cricket in Cambridgeshire from all the way from May until September, or the season's finished at least. Who knows how long it could take. Anyway, let's talk about the Cavs and Hunts Premier League now, the top division for cricket in Cambridgeshire. I'm delighted to welcome onto the show Foxton's Alex Hooley and Histon's Ed Hyde. Evening, gents. Evening, Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Ed, let's start with you and talk about Histon. First things first, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. We can hear some lovely ambient sort of park noises in the background. Are you, are you out and about? Yes, I'm um, just <laughs> half-time in a, in a game of football um, oh. on, St. John's, in, on St John's pitches. It's, uh, it's beautiful. The sun's out. Um, yeah. Lovely. That's commitment <laughs> as well. Half-time. <laughs> are, you, are you due on in the second half or are you, no, are you I, knackered I'm, after 45? I'm absolutely blowing. I don't think I'll be I'll be taking any further part in that match. Um, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, thanks for giving up your time anyway to chat to us. I was I was thinking Alex could be our con- concussion substitute for for Callum, and you could be our COVID substitute. <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah. Oh, we're here till September. Anyway, let's talk about the Camden Nuns Premier League uh, because once again, every match on the on the weekend was abandoned uh, because of the weather. But a good start for yourselves, two wins from two in the games you have played. Yeah, um, yeah, we've been really pleased with um, with how we started the season. Um, shame not to play on Saturday. Um, we haven't played Stanford before. Um, so, yeah, disappointing there. But, yeah, um, things are looking good. Um, we're bowling very well um, up top early on in the innings, and that's really sort of suffocating the opposition. Um, and then we got a nice mix of sort of aggression and people who take a bit more time at the crease with the batting. So, yeah, things are, things are looking promising. Am I right in saying is that the playoff system's back in for this year? I don't actually... For the, for the East Anglian Premier League? Because I, I heard sort of murmurs that the, the playoff system was back in for the Camden Hunt, but uh, never had it No, I don't, I don't actually know. I don't, <laughs> we were chatting about that a couple of weeks ago, actually, but no-one seemed to, to know what was going on. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but are you expected to be up there? I mean, the aim for you is to try and get to the the top areas, if you like, if there is a playoff system. If not, to try and get to well, to as high as you can up the the Cavs and Hunts Prem this year. Absolutely. Um, two years ago, we um, we ran, you know, we ran Sawston reasonably close, although they were the standout team in uh, in the division that league. So we're up there that season. Uh, and then last year we we we, came, we finished top and then and then lost out in the in the final. So yeah, it's, that's certainly the aim this year is to um, build on what we've done the past couple of years and hopefully hopefully get over the line this year. And there always seems a Houston every year that you, you generally will be a side that's up there there and about. Is is there like a a pressure on you because there is, like I said, there is an expectation for you to compete at the sort of top realms of the the league each year. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think there is probably um we do feel a bit more pressure maybe maybe this year given how we played the past couple of seasons and opposition are turning up 
you know, expecting a tough game against us. So I don't, I don't think it's, it's massive pressure, um, but it, there's just an expectation amongst the team that, that, you know, we'll be challenging up there and that we, um, you know, we want to, we want to sort of win and dominate this league for seasons to come. So I think it's, I think it's a good pressure that we put on ourselves. Seasons to come, not necessarily looking about the division above, which could be the Sangling Prem. Uh, I, I don't know. I think mm. that's a that's a question for someone uh, <laughs> someone above my pay grade at the club. I'm not sure what the what uh, what the ambitions are with regards with regards to that. But um, we're just try and focus on on getting over the line this year and hopefully hopefully winning winning the league. I imagine your pay grade is millions with the form you're in, Ed. Um, <laughs> Alex, let's talk about Foxton then. Two ins from two. I imagine as skipper, you must be like Ed, really delighted with your form. Yeah, yeah, really happy. Um, obviously, um, last week was washed out, um, as was pretty much every game in, in CAMS. Uh, but the first two weeks, we won two pretty close games, two pretty low-scoring games. Uh, first week by a couple of runs against St Ives, who obviously won the uh, playoff against um, Histon last year. Uh, and then uh, the second weekend, uh, chasing down about 160 against Wisbeach for the loss of eight wickets. So again, a two-wicket win and, and, and a pretty close one. But... Um, Still counts for 60 points after all of that, so so I'm pretty happy after those games. Can you sort of provide any clarity on this this playoff system debate that me and Ed just had? Do you know what the, the situation is this year? Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure anyone has particular clarity <laughs> in the in the uh, Whiting's uh, divisions, um, but um, I believe it's the same as last year, and um, it will be the uh, top four teams go through to a semi-final and then uh, first place four, second place third and then the winner of those two games will, will play off in a final. Um, I think that's why the season's kind of ending quite early, sort of middle of August time. Um, and uh, so, so, so it's a sort of different um, incentive this year because obviously normally with, with uh, Whiting's one, you want to win the league and that's pretty much it. Um, but I guess this this playoff system does kind of bring in more teams and give it a little bit more interest if, you're, if you've lost a few games and kind of find yourself in that sort of upper mid-table position. I presume, therefore, that because the season finishes a little bit earlier, will it be a case of then those sides who don't make the playoffs having to sort of find fixtures for themselves and sort friendlies out to make sure they're playing cricket in the, the summer months? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, by, by, by early, I think it's sort of something like, you know, 20th of August. and. But um, but 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 yeah. I mean, I'm I'm hoping uh, Ollie, that question is one that w- we don't have to <laughs> deal with, and we uh, we 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 end up in that top four. Um, is that your aim then for the know, season? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I mean, obviously, cliche is to kind of win every game that's put in front of you. But um, you know, I, I really do think that that Whiting's one league is is particularly now that the likes of Sawston are no longer in it. It's so tight, and it really is. Um, majority of games are decided on who plays better on the day. Um, so, you know, we will just try and win every game and wherever we end up, you know, hopefully it'll be in the top four and then you get a two-game shootout, really. So um, I, I definitely believe with the players to do it. Um, so um, it's now just about actually executing that plan, right? Yeah, yeah, completely. In regards to your your second uh, team in Division 2 uh, of the, the Whitings League or the, the Camden Hunts, Premier Leagues, it's a, a number a number of sides involved in that at the minute. There's five teams leading the way. Great to see Newmarket have a team as well, but it, it looks pretty tight. 
Yeah, really tight. Um, so we've actually, um, you know, we've, we've had a bit of a change around in terms of uh, kind of captaincy of both, across both the first team and the second team. Um, so um, Hayden Brown's um, going to captain uh, the uh, the second team this year, um, and it, that will give a different perspective. And you know he has um, you know people that he knows in the area, um, and we've also brought in a couple of experienced players um, such as Alex Mutakamara. Um, so you know it, that that second team is it, it's going to be a tough league for them for sure. Um, but I, I fully expect them to you know finish around the middle of the table. Um, obviously, there's going to be the odd side who are really pushing to get into our league, but you know the majority of them are. It's a similar league, I guess, to ours. You know, you really can. It really is whoever performs better on the day tends to win those games. And Ed, for you, with regards to your second and third team in Senior Div Two and Junior North Two, respectively, what's the availability been like for the sort of teams generally lower down the the league system? Because the football season has continued this year, isn't it, into May June? I guess that presents a challenge. Yeah, um, yeah, the football season running on um, into the cricket season has has caused a couple of difficulties, I think. But on the whole, our availability availability has been really good. Um, um, so yeah, our second and, and third teams um, look in a strong position, and hopefully they can they can both push push the other teams in their league and get promotion and sort of close the gaps the gap between the the first team uh, and the second team um, and the third team. So we're all sort of playing more of a sort of similar standard. Uh, I think that's the aim. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Ed, Alex, thanks very much for now. We'll hear more from you later on in the show. But it's time to turn our attentions to the varsity fixtures as this weekend three Cambridge sides take on three Oxford sides in the, the T20s. At 10 o'clock, the Cambridge University Crusaders take on Oxford University Authentics. And then the matches continue throughout the day. One o'clock, Cambridge University women against Oxford University women. And then four o'clock, Cambridge University men against Oxford University men and we'll be there too live from 3.30pm on Cambridge 105 Radio. Whether it's on the rugby field or on the water, the rivalry between Oxford and Cambridge is like no other. This Friday, the two university sides compete in the annual T20 cricket match. We'll be live at Fenners for ball-by-ball commentary. The action will be fast and furious. Every ball could be a wicket or a boundary. Lovely shot off his pads and it's four runs. Live Varsity T20 cricket, Friday at 3.30, online and on Cambridge 105 Radio. So we'll be there at Fenners on Friday bringing you ball-by-ball commentary of the men's university match from 4 o'clock. We'll be on air at 3.30. Let's preview the women's match, though, first. We'll hear from skipper Joy Lisney ahead of this Friday's contest. Well, we've had a pretty good start. We were pretty lucky with the weather, so we've had a dry May, and we've set off our Bucks campaign with two wins from two. So we beat Nottingham... Set a, set a big total of 30 overs. We set 300 runs and bowled them out for about 100. And then Oxford last week was was a good match, but we ended up beating them by uh, 60 or so runs. So we've, we've had a pretty good start and it's always nice to beat Oxford in particular. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. And of course, you're a, a new captain this year. Has it, been, has it been difficult, challenging? Because not just having a new role, but also you've had COVID to deal with as well. Not only dealing with on-the-field issues, but also the logistical issues, actually trying to get on the field of play. Yeah, absolutely. So I have quite a lot of experience as a captain, but not necessarily in cricket. So I've captained lots of other sports. 
So I think that stood me in quite good stead for a, such a disrupted year. Um, as a team, we did quite a lot of training remotely together, as it were, and we had quite quite a lot of structured sort of contact time via Zoom um, as, as the year progressed. It has meant that it's been a pretty quick learning curve to see um, if we can find out, you know, how everybody plays and how we're going to work together. And we're still working that out because we're really only two weeks into our into our season at this point. So by the end of June, when we kind of reach the, the end of our university cricket, um, I think we'll be a much more kind of gelled unit. I was going to say, have you had much time to really work together? Because the the term started obviously in September time, as traditionally schools do. But that's a long time, therefore, before the, the cricket season and the sunny weather comes in. Yeah, so usually we'd be training at Fenner's Indoor School all, all through the year. Um, things kind of ramp up in January, but we do get together in, in the autumn. Um, this year, it, just, it was just so difficult because we weren't allowed to do any indoor sport and then all the students were sent home. So it, ha- it really has been kind of a whistle-stop trying to find out what we're going to do by everybody coming up slightly before term started this April, end of April, and having some quite intense training, played a quite a few friendly games, and then we ended up going straight into our buck season, and we've got the T20 varsity match on Friday, so it's been pretty good, a pretty quick start. Yeah, let's talk about those then. Varsity match one this Friday is the T20, and then the 50 over match against Oxford on the 28th of June at Wormsley. So a couple of varsity matches for you. Is is all your preparation pretty much just built towards these these two games, Joy? It's difficult to say. So the T20 is so near the beginning of the season that we haven't done too much um, specific preparation for it. Our Bucks campaign is also really important. Um, we've come. Um, second in the league the past two years that it's run, so we're trying to trying to win this year and see if we can get get promotion to the to the Premier League. But after the T20 varsity match, we do have quite a lot of extra fixtures in the 50 over format to get us ready for that for that. Um, that's a, a bigger adjustment for us than adjusting down to the T20, I think. And the the varsity tag, if you like, carries so much history across the world and in a number of sports like obviously for example recently we've had the the boat racing and rowing do you feel that it's a real real prestigious event to win in in cricket likewise and and you're, you're desperate to get one over on oxford <laughs> absolutely and actually o- oxford have the upper hand at the moment recent years they've they've been taking the win in the varsity matches despite us often beating them in the bucks bucks thing so We'd definitely like to get a win in one or both of the varsity matches this year, and I think we have a pretty good chance. Yeah, last year you had a whole host of fixtures cancelled due to the pandemic, and you played one T20 against Oxford. It was rain-affected, and, and you lost it by Duckworth Lewis. I imagine because of that you'll want to try and put it right this time around. Yes, absolutely. So, um, um, as you say, we barely had any fixtures last year, and then that one was rained off, which was which was a big shame. Um, we did all stay out on the pitch for quite a long time, waiting for the umpires to hopefully give us the go-ahead to go to, to start again, but the rain just never stopped. So we, we had to call it a day and, and go to the pub in Oxford. <laughs> Doesn't sound too bad, actually, in the end, but <laughs> looking forward to Friday, though, nonetheless. Absolutely, and it's a home match for us at Fenners, so that should be pretty good. Obviously, no crowds allowed, unfortunately, but I think it's, it's still always a fantastic um, atmosphere playing in Fenners. Yeah, looking forward to that. We'll be providing inserts, updates throughout Cambridge 105 Radio as I'll be there ahead of the men's match watching the the women's game and Joy will be joining us in the commentary box for the men's match. So let's hear from the men's light blue skipper then, Nick Taylor. We've had a lot of games in quite a small amount of time and they've all been pretty challenging. We've had a pretty tough, it's probably our toughest fixture programme in recent past. And we've sort of, we've won some, we've lost some. I think we're probably 
just under 50% winning. But I would have probably taken that at the start of the year, given the teams that we've been playing. So we've been playing in the in the Bucks National League, so some of the best uni sides in the country. Uh, and we played some pretty strong Premier League club outfits at the start of the year as well. And it's been nice as things are opening up to go from groups of six, sort of freezing in Parker's Peace, trying to get to know each other, to actually being able to go to a pub or socialise in a slightly more fun way, I guess. Freezing in Parker's Peace, are those your social events then? Because <laughs> it must have been so difficult to build that camaraderie, that team spirit. When you can't socialise, you can't go out to the pub over the past few months. Yeah, it's it's been a tricky one. It was, yeah, after the first, before pubs were open, that was our only option, really. So you'd finish the game and then you'd have a quick beer and then it'd be so, like, start of April was so cold. I think our first game was 3rd of April or something. something. It was really early on and just freezing. So understandable, people don't want to hang around for too long. But it's nice now that things have picked up that, but yeah, guys have had an opportunity to get to know each other a bit better, sort of welcome some of the new guys into the squad. And a lot of those guys have done very well in cricketing terms. So that's that's also helped. I was looking online and saw that I believe you went to, to school in Oxford. Is that right? Were you, were you brought up in Oxford or was it just a attended school there? So I actually went to school at the Perth in Cambridge, but my undergraduate degree was in Oxford. So I did four years um, studying there and then I had switched across here. So I'm now doing a postgrad degree at Cambridge. So yeah, I've, I've also played on the other side of that fixture. So it's kind of interesting seeing both sides of it, I guess, and, and seeing how... Oxford approached the games and how we've approached the games over the last few years. But presumably, therefore, you have a real understanding of the weight and the history of the, the fixture. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's hard to to not engage with that aspect of it. You've got a fixture that's coming up to 200 years old and the university club, it was going to have its, it was its 200th anniversary last year, which is, you know, it was a shame it was the COVID year because we would have been doing more stuff to mark that occasion. But yeah, this massive sporting history, I think cricket is, if you talk about a Cambridge blue, cricket is the original blues sport. So there's a huge amount of history there in terms of university sport. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing to be involved with for sure. And it's it's nice to engage with that historical aspect and fairness in the parks is very sort of historical first-class cricket grounds. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll be playing at one of those grounds this Friday. Fenner's in the T20. Now, I spoke to you before, Nick, and you've said the four-day game is the one you want to win. Winning at Lords is also pretty special. How high on the priority list is the T20 fixture between the two sides? I think, I mean, T20, it, it, it has to be your day, I guess. You know, it's one of those games where anything can go right or wrong on the day. But that will be really important for us to try and sort of start off that varsity campaign with a bit of momentum, um, try and put all the things that we've been working on the last month or two um, into practice in a pressure situation and hopefully take that, you know, get a big win on Friday and take that into the Lords game, which is uh, a week on Sunday. So pretty quick turnaround between those two. I guess more than anything, as much as obviously you want to win every game you play in, it's a real potential to put a statement in ahead of a, a couple more varsity fixtures this season yeah massively it's our it's our first look at their side as well so this is the thing with uni cricket where you've got quite a high turnover of players of guys graduating and coming in so it's always good to get a look at 
these are the guys that we'll be playing in those other fixtures. And as I say, the four-day game is really important to us. But if we can make a good start in this T20 and also get a good look at the side that we're going to be playing against, then you can start to make plans about, you know, how can we try and um, compete against those players and can we make plans against certain bowlers, certain batters, work out how we're going to score in the 50-over game and how we're going to take wickets in the four-day game, that sort of thing. So our coverage gets underway at 3.30 on Friday. It's not Lords, but it's at Fenners, and it's a varsity fixture. It's T20 cricket. It's going to be exciting with some big shots, all action, good fun as well. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Right, it's time to talk county cricket now here on From the Pavilion. And just so people are aware, there's a slight change in the format and the system this year with the county championship, which has been uh, getting underway over the, the last few weeks. There's three divisions, six in each, that make up the 18 counties after 10 matches. The top two teams are said in each group will progress into another group. Then they will battle out to be crowned county champions with then the top two in that group going through to, to play the, the Bob Willis Trophy final at Lords right at the end of the season in September. Delighted to say that County Cricket Matters editor Annie Chave joins me on the line now to discuss it. Afternoon, Annie. Hello, hello. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Good, oh, yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired <laughs> after a long day at work. <laughs> and uh, what have you made of the, the championship so far? That's been it. That's been good work, that has. It's, it's been fantastic to watch it all across all the, all the streams yeah. online, isn't it? It has been uh, absolutely brilliant. We've had all kinds of games. We've had really close matches. We've had annihilations. We've had, we've had uh, weather. We've had, uh, we've had the works. It's been, it's, yeah, no, it's been fabulous. And yeah, the live streams are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, they really are good. Which players have stood out for you so far? Well, of course, being a Somerset fan, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go straight for Somerset. Um, of course. Um, Craig Overton has had a fantastic time so far. He's uh, top of the um, bowling averages and uh, been really handy with the bat as well. He's been a really useful one for us. And we've we've got um, some of our youngsters are doing well as well. So um, Goldsworthy had a great first game last last, um, round. Um, Who else has stood out for me? I think... There's there's been some really really good mix of um, stalwarts and um, and new players. We we've got um, the likes of uh, Darren Stevens at Kent still <laughs> still really managing to come through and do fantastically, getting fivers and hundreds. Um, and of course Crawley's been doing well as well. Mm. But also um, they you know there's uh, James Bracey at, at Gloucestershire who's also been a re- real one to watch i think there's there's lots of talk about him um maybe coming into the england side and uh, higgins for gloucestershire as well with bat and ball has been fantastic um i think uh, both of them and and, and lots of others who've chipped in um is the reason why gloucestershire are at the the top of their league they they've just uh, storming it at the moment. Yeah, let's just um, run through uh, the, the tables yeah. for those who, who aren't aware. So in, in the Group A, if you like, Nottinghamshire and Warwickshire are first and second at the minute. Gloucestershire and Somerset lead the way in, in Group B and then Lancashire and Yorkshire 
the red rose and white rose in uh, Division Three. So some cracking matches, you say, Annie, Annie, so far, and some some big name sides at the top of the divisions, but also some some counties perhaps who who you wouldn't expect as well. Are you a fan of the conference system? I this is it's a really difficult one because I I really like the um, two divisions. I like the promotion and uh, you know relegation. I think it's good for people, but but there's always been this discussion about the um, Division 2 and, and the ones that are sort of lounging in the bottom of Division 2 and n- not going anywhere. So so for them, I think it's great. And, and for the exposure they're getting in this conference um, style, it, it's been great. Like, like, for example, I mean, Gloucestershire obviously have just been promoted after last, uh, in 2019. But um, we haven't really seen them uh, due to COVID. And it, it's really mm. fantastic to watch them play. Um, I, I, you know, there's there's been some great things from knots. I mean, they've won two games. Yeah. <laughs> How good is that? Yeah, they've been a side and, that have struggled uh, over the years, haven't they? Yeah, they haven't won anything for they haven't won anything last season at all. So, um, uh, yeah, and like Essex aren't doing very well in their group, and they've been the champions for the last two years. So, it's uh, it's definitely uh, putting um, what's the thing thing. thing Cats among the pigeons, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right, yeah. Exactly that, because mm. like you say, Annie, there's so many... Uh, because all the sides are competing against each other, it allows the, the cracking stories like Gloucestershire and uh, and Notts in recent years, who haven't won many games of Championship cricket, especially Notts, and, and Gloucestershire being in Division 2 for the majority of the last few years, to come through and play against some of the, the top sides and really show their worth. It is... It is good to see. I guess the other argument is the fact that the, the dead rubber argument, how many, how many games will you have of importance when you move on to the next stage of the competition? Maybe a debate for uh, for another time. Annie, thanks very much for, for giving You're us your welcome. time. When's the next County Cricket Matters magazine out? Come on. Uh, June, yes. June, uh, mid-June it will be out. So Fantastic. Be yeah. can't, can't wait to read it. Annie, thanks very much. Cheers, Ollie. Bye-bye. Annie Chave there, editor of County Cricket Matters magazine. Let's uh, welcome back Ed and Alex into the the conversation. And uh, we'll finish today's show, as we normally do on From the Pavilion, with a big question from one of our guests to uh, to get us debating. And hopefully you'll continue the debates in the pavilions, or maybe not so, because pavilions aren't really open at the minute. But hopefully you'll be debating at your local club come this weekend. So Alex asks, will club cricket be exclusively T20s in 10 years' time? So will the format be exclusively T20 in 10 years' time? Ed, what do you reckon? Four. Um, <laughs> my initial response would be I wouldn't be surprised. Um, there was the rumours that um, we'd be playing some T20 stuff uh, this year, sort of two T20s in a day sort of thing. Um, so there's definitely there are definitely sort of those rumours flying about. Um However, I think I think there's still quite a, quite a strong appetite to play to play fifty over fifty over cricket, whether it's red ball or pink ball. Um, I think people really enjoy playing that format. Um, people get a decent bat if you get in. People can bowl up to ten overs. So I think I think we may move. I think we may move to more sort of like mix and match sort of season where where you play a bit of both, where you have a bit maybe a chunk in the middle of the season where you play T twenty. Yeah. Uh, T20 cricket, but I don't think people are are willing to to give up 50 over 50 over cricket. Yeah, I can see I can see the arguments for you know for doing just T20 um, in terms of time and and things like that. 
Um, but there's nothing nothing better than a 50-over match, in my opinion. Well, let's throw over to the man who asked the question then, Alex. Alex, do you think it will happen and do you want it to happen? I got I got most of what um, Ed said then. <laughs> I, I basically agree with the majority of it. The, the only thing I would add, and kind of the reason I, I posed the question, is kind of in a, in a number of years' time, you'll have a generation of club cricketers that have been through cricket clubs and are no longer playing um and you'll have a new generation kind of taking the mantle um and if that generation is the the one that's grown up playing t watching t20 cricket playing t20 cricket it's kind of the only cricket that they've ever kind of been associated with um then you know that might lead to an overhaul where pretty much um the entirety of the club game is 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 t20 based um, I, I, you know, I, I actually think that that's unlikely and I probably, I think I said 10 years and that's probably a, uh, slightly too soon. Um, but I, I, I'd be very surprised if at least probably sooner than, uh, 10 years time that there is that kind of middle set of games, um, in, within a league season that, that, that is, that is not, um, that is not T20, um, so so yeah maybe may, the answer to my own question is 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 probably no um so but um i i i do think that um you know it's it's not out of the question uh, mm. given kind of what what the, the younger generations that's the only cricket they sort of know and see sure but, yeah and and i guess there's a number of sort of strands to the to the question firstly whether it will happen whether people want it to happen and also the time frame as well i personally think it probably is inevitable at some point but it is that that time frame maybe is dependent on maybe the success of the 100 this year and and even if clubs and, and current players don't want it to happen don't want T20 to, to take control over the, the formats at grassroots level. I do think there will be a push for for the shorter format, possibly even the 100 from the ECB being played at grassroots level to capture those those youngsters if the 100 is a success with regards to the viewing figures and, and, and what type of people uh, watch it. Um, you do sort of get the feeling, don't you, the ECB almost strangling the longer format of the game a bit at the minute with the, the championship bookending the, the season and, and there were cuts or there were planned cuts on the ECB for, for county cricket coverage at the Royal London One Day Cup as, as well, which um, I, think, I think thankfully have been reversed. But you do get that impression that the ECB are, are perhaps tinkering with that a little bit, Alex. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned the hundred there, and you know, on obviously, you know, a lot of what happens on the TV and what people see on the TV, right through to you know how Steve Smith leaves the ball to you know getting a bigger bat to hit a bigger six. It's like it all feeds down into into the club cricket game, um, and um, you know, it'll be interested to see like even whether there'll be like hundred style formats that kind of come into, into club cricket at, at, at youth level, whether they provide like the more exciting finishes um, that kind of everyone wants. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one between kind of tradition and, you know, people who enjoy a longer form of the game as against kind of the, 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 the younger trend of how cricket is, um, is, is going. So yes, it, it's an interesting question. Yeah, it is an interesting question. And unfortunately, with a minute and 30 left of today's show, it doesn't allow us to expand on it even more as much as we'd love to. But as I said, maybe the debate will continue into the the, the grounds on, on the weekend. Ed, we'll hear more from you on Friday, of course, involved in the Cambridge University match against Oxford at Fenners. Ed and Alex, thank you very much for your time this evening on tonight's show. You can continue the debate if you want and let us know your thoughts at FTP Cricket 105 on Twitter, Facebook 
and we're also at 105 Sport for more general sport things on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as well. So make sure you get in touch. Thanks very much to the two gents for coming on the show again. Thanks also to Annie Che from County Cricket Matters, Callum Guest at the top of the hour and the two university skippers and of course all the guests from the East Anglian Premier League too. That's all we have time for for this week's From the Pavilion. We'll be back same time, same place next week, Tuesday at 6 o'clock on Cambridge 105 Radio. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded the podcast. If you're listening on either Spotify or the Cambridge 105 Radio website, we very much appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind posting, liking, commenting, subscribing, all the usual stuff on social media, that would be very much appreciated. Until next week, stay safe and well, and thanks once again for listening. Bye-bye. Cambridge 105.